Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Good to be here, Dan. Chris, good to have you. Um, we've been off for a couple of weeks, and in the time that's passed us, we've, we've seen some volatility in the, in the marketplace, and we've seen that the, the media seems to be pinning the concern on the, on the COVID Delta variant. Um, do you think that's a cause of the market volatility, and, and do you think that investors should be concerned about the Delta variant impacting the economic recovery? Yeah, I guess there's a couple of things to unpack here. Uh, you know, certainly the Delta variant can grab the headlines on a, on a daily basis and may move certain stocks one way or the other. But it's certainly not a, a broader concern, and it's not what's driving the trend we've seen really quarter to date, which is weakness out of small caps, out of cyclicals, out of some of the material companies, uh, strength out of utilities and REITs. And while the large cap averages are, aren't very far from their all-time highs, certainly below the surface, there's a lot more going on. As it relates specifically to the Delta uh, variant. I'm not. I don't have a lot of concern with it. When you really look at the data, um, it's really the unvaccinated populations that it seems to be hitting. Uh, there's always going to be the one-offs of a uh, someone with the vaccine who gets it and you know has extreme symptoms. But the reality is, the vaccines are working, uh, and even in the populations where the Delta variant is active in the unvaccinated, the hospitalization rates are nothing like what we've seen. So. Uh, it may be great for mainstream media to generate clicks and advertising, but it, it's nothing that I see impacting the broader recovery um, and really driving markets per se. And so how about in the case there, you potentially see some you know, business shutdown or what we've seen recently in, in California where um, there was a proposal in L.A. County to go back to mask mandates. Yeah. Um, do you think that this could be a further widespreading issue? And if that was the case, would we see something like the service industry take another big hit? Yeah. It, look, it's politics driving those decisions at this point. It's, it's not the science or the risk behind. We've got lots of data. And the lockdowns were necessary before we knew what the virus was and before we had vaccines and before we had treatments and capacity and all of those elements. It's just a completely different environment now. And I suspect the politics will change as sentiment changes and there's a reaction to it. So, again, I, I don't have a lot of concerns with that. You know, we can't forget <clears throat> we've talked for uh, some time now about the slowdown on the industrial side of the economy. And it, it is pretty clear it's spilling over into other areas of the market uh, and, and into the economy. We're seeing uh, the service sector starting to slow. We're seeing employment growth actually starting to slow. Um, and you can see it in the data, in the weekly claims data this week. Uh, we had PUA claims fall quite dramatically, but weekly jobless claims actually remain relatively sticky and increase week over week. And so those states that have reduced benefits, people are going back to work, but the rate of improvement is already going to slow. And I, that's the issues that are facing the market. The market's saying, look, we've had peak liquidity. Um, and at the same time, we've had peak growth and we can already see slowing economic activity. And that slowdown is going to start to broaden out as we move through the year. And, and thinking about the volatility, if it's tied to the economic slowdown, um, you know, we discussed about this for the last several months. You know, do you think that the slowdown will continue and become an issue for the equity markets? Yeah, I do. I think it's going to be front and center for the rest of the year. Um, 
when you look at the, the, you know, we've talked a lot about the industrial growth slowdown. And when you look at the top 21 economies globally in the world, they're all in a generalized slowdown now. In the U.S. specifically, we can now identify that the slowdown is spread to the services sector. Um, and it's even spread into employment. Uh, and what we've seen is we've seen this in consumer spending, right? For, you know, maybe there was a, a, a $2 uh, 2% drop in good spending, and it was offset by a, a modest increase in services spending. But now that services is going to start rolling over, growth is going to slow, and we're going to see to what extent it begins to impact markets and impacts expectations. The bigger risk is that while economic growth is slowing, inflationary cycle is still well underway. It's still a self-reinforcing upward trajectory for inflationary pressures. Um, we have seen our longest leading indicators for inflation start to tick down for two consecutive months. That would indicate at some point in the future we're going to get some relief. But over the short term, we're going to have falling growth expectations, rising inflationary pressures that creates this quasi-stagflationary environment that's going to create issues in the market. And we're seeing that. That's exactly what the performance of the market looks like. It also means that, look, the Fed's hands are tied, right? They, they can't come to the rescue very quickly. Uh, and quite frankly, you know, the Fed's done more than, than they should already. It's going to be up to fiscal policy. And, yeah, I think fiscal policy is going to be a little slow uh, coming to the table and having a real impact. If anything, we're talking about the infrastructure bill, the negotiations now wouldn't go into effect till the fourth quarter and wouldn't have any real impact till 2022. Um, and I think the slowdown will be well entrenched by then. And you mentioned, you know, some indicators that are, have been ticking down, um, signaling some potential relief from, from inflation. Do you mind going a little bit deeper? What, what, would sh what should we be looking at? Well, I, all we can say is we need to see the self-reinforcing cycle, this, uh, the, this shorter-term self-reinforcing inflationary cycle start to peak um, and, and become less self-reinforcing. And you'll start to see that. It'll show up in wages. It'll show up in employment activity. We just got to keep in mind that inflation and, infl and, and employment are very, very lagging indicators. So they come at the end of a growth cycle. And so as we see growth peak and roll over, we should start to see easing in these inflationary conditions. Now, we, we've certainly seen industrial metal prices fall. We've seen uh, soft commodities fall. Uh, but it, we need to see more than that. We need to see it come, start to ease in wages, ease in home prices, which we can already see a peak in home activity, a peak in home price inflation. So we, we are seeing those initial signs that it could peak, uh, but we still haven't seen that self-reinforcing cycle start to break down just yet. Great, and we we'll change things up a bit here as, as we start entering the second quarter earnings season. Uh, you know, just some of your expectations and what do you think investors should be considering as, as the stock prices begin to react to earnings reports? Yeah, I think th the second quarter is going to be an interesting quarter because the earnings are going to be quite strong. And I suspect even the outlooks will be uh, fairly strong. And so the market's going to have to digest and deal with the fact that during this earnings season, we're going to get very strong earnings, even across the cyclicals and the material companies. But yet, we're going to start to get macro data that confirms the slowdown. And so, I think it's important for investors to think about: Yes, are we still reopening? Of course, we are. 
but a lot of that's discounted already. And so I think investors can get caught flat-footed if they're still trying to play a cyclical recovery story, uh, whether that's in travel or other areas, or a generalized reopening, when in fact we can already see the largest economies in the world are already starting to see a growth downturn. Again, it's not a recession, it's just the rate of growth is starting to peak and roll over. Uh, and so when you do get some strong earnings reports, if you get some positive price actions, you need to think about probably repositioning your portfolio, getting incrementally more defensive, uh, less cyclical, less leverage, um, you know, larger cap over smaller cap, things such as that, and, and getting ready to kind of return to trend line growth, which is where we were pre-COVID, which is, as we all know, much lower than what we've experienced for the last nine months. And you think if that's the case, we'll start seeing a big pickup in kind of large tech, large cap tech, more growth again? Is this is if we're reverting back to that you, type of environment? You know, that's the knee-jerk reaction. Um, I'm not so sure. I think it's important to have a very open mind and not just go back to the old playbook. Certainly, that's been the case in this little mini correction we've had in the last few weeks. Uh, but we can't, we, we've just got to remember that if we, without a fiscal and monetary response, we are very deflationary. And coming into COVID, we were at the point where without greater and greater federal deficits funded by the Treasury, we were going to be rolling into a recession eventually. Um, and post-COVID, that underlying condition still exists. However, it may be a little bit worse in that we've only added more debt to the situation and we're in a debt trap. Um, and at the same time, we have really damaged small and mid-sized businesses. And that's where the dynamic uh, employment comes from. So how are we going to get these people back to work after the low-hanging fruit of reopening restaurants and leisure and hotel and we get that employment back? A lot of companies went to zero-cost budgeting. A lot of these uh, uh, jobless uh, individuals is going to be more permanent, and we're seeing people leave the job force. A lot of people took the time during the pandemic to rethink their priorities in life and maybe uh, retire a little bit early. So uh, I think when we look out, it's just going to be a, a little bit more of a slog when we start moving into 2022, and we may start discounting that by the end of the year. Okay. Well, I think that's a good spot to wrap up for today. So thanks for coming on, Chris, and uh, we look forward to chatting again here shortly. Thank Sounds you. good, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.